Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a special treat for you. We have the boyos back with us from IOF, Mr. Ethan Franz, Jeff Wilson, and Dennis Heil. I wanted to have the boyos on. Well, first of all, I like to have the boyos on from time to time. As you guys all know, it's fun to talk with them. But specifically, we wanted to talk today about Ohio passing the constitutional carry. So now you no longer in Ohio, if you are an Ohio resident, have to have a license to carry a concealed weapon, technically a pistol, on your person. So I wanted to talk to the boyos to see what they thought about it. I have my own shall we say, passionate (laughs) Uh, ideas about this. I wanted to talk to them more specifically about what it really means for all of us long term, what it means for people who are looking to either get their license still or should they not do it? What do they need to do? All that kind of good stuff. Classes that they have coming up, all of that good stuff. Uh, we also talked about a bunch of other topics, as we tend to always get off topic, of course. So that this one is definitely chocked full of goodies. Uh, but w- without any further ado, please sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us, after way too damn long, because <laughs> of everybody's crazy schedules, is the boyos from IOF. We've got Ethan Franz. What up, gangsters? Jeff Wilson. How we doing? And Dennis Heil. Howdy, howdy. So, thanks for coming back on, boyos. I know it's been a little crazy trying to get everybody's schedules all aligned so we can get together, but as we all know... Uh, life gets a little strange sometimes, but that's okay because we definitely made it happen and I'm glad you guys are all here. So, uh, first things first, uh, tell me what's going on with the shop since the last time we've all talked. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've just been, at least me personally. So I've been just super swamped with, uh, uh, work as far as like, uh, armor. I I don't want to say gunsmithing because that's technically not what I'm doing, but, uh, um, basically working on guns a lot, you know, people are having, um, guns prepared that have, you know, minor issues, uh, custom builds or having, you know, ARs like repaired, stuff like that. Uh, which is good to be busy with that because it means that people trust you and they want to bring their stuff yeah. to you, which, which is great. Yeah. But so it also obviously can be overwhelming because it gets you a backlog and you're like, shit, well, I'm going to get through all this. And that's basically where I'm at. You know, I'm just telling people, Hey, I, if you want me to do this, sure, but it's going to be at least two to four weeks before I can have it finished, you know, and I can usually have it done before that, but that's what I always tell people, just kind of cover my own ass just to be safe. It's always better to, uh, what, under yeah, promise and over deliver? Yeah, under promise and over deliver. Um, so for me personally, that's been keeping me pretty busy as, as well as like some of the pistol classes we've been doing. And uh, since we've been here last, we, well, Jeff and I went to OTOA, so that was... Um, 
you know, that kept us busy for a little while and prepping for that and going up there. Were you guys uh, teaching or were you guys uh, doing classes? Student, uh, student that whenever we go to OTOA, we always try to go with students because there's a, there's a really high uh, quality of most of the instructors that you see there. So we always try to go with students just because that's, man, the, what you pay for what you get is just, it's astronomical as far as what you're receiving for what you're paying. So man, it's, we just try to soak it up as much as we can. So we always go there as students. Okay. Um, so, and then just obviously what we learned during those training courses and then trying to bring them back and reiterate that information to our, our, you know, follow-up students after we've completed some training as students and it's just, it's yeah. ever evolving. All, everything's yeah. always, always evolving. So we try and bring back the best for our students. I got to teach a little bit one day on, on Monday. We helped with the Liberty Dynamic Flashbang course, the uh, instructor course, which was cool. Um, but, yeah, as for coming back, we got a lot of good stuff happening with Liberty Dynamic for the law enforcement end of it. Well, now we're going to break into the civilian end of it. Uh, we've got some really good things coming down the pike. I don't want to talk before, the, you know, put the horse before the cart. But or needless to say, cart, exciting things may be coming. The horse before the cart, I guess. <laughs> yes, you're correct. Uh, the cart before the horse. How's that? <laughs> but we've got that I'm that coming along. Muscle pills. Now you need to take them brain pills. Yeah, no shit. Help me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also have some stuff called Data Pilot. It's a new company that, uh, like, when you find cell phones and their evidence, this is all for law enforcement, of course, but when you find the cell phones, and you have to go to the carrier or the manufacturer to break them. You have to get subpoenas for them. Like Apple just absolutely will. They refuse to allow you into the phones. We now have a company that breaks every single phone. So you don't have to go get the subpoenas. If you have something that's evidence, you plug into it and you got it. So you can see who's making phone calls, what they're texting, everything, even deleted stuff. So that's a new product coming coming down the line that, we're hopefully going to be IOF is bringing it to market with those guys. And then uh, Miller, they've got the four camera. All the 360 degree yeah. body camera for law enforcement. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pike for law enforcement that's going to help one, give people more of a support your law enforcement guys rather than you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that obviously depends on. Uh, what state you live in, sure, what sure. areas of those states that you live in, and more importantly is how much you've lost the uh, sense of reality. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That is, that is that is. Anybody who doesn't support their law enforcement is just ludicrous. Yeah. New level of stupid. <laughs> there, there's a lot of that. So but that's also one of the things that I love about you guys is that you're always wanting to learn and train and to bring the newest thing to your students. And it's not just, oh, well, look at me. I did stuff 30 years ago and I'm going to teach all my laurels. And it's, it's no, it's you guys are always progressing and moving forward and offering the, the best classes possible, which is, I love it and love to hear about it. Uh, yeah, either adapt or be left behind. That's for well, sure. Well, yes and no, because some people, again, Especially, I hate to say it, but if you have that ex-military special special operations thing on your list, it's like, oh, well, they're going to know everything. They're ninjas. Oh, my God. And it's like, (laughs) no, they're just people like anybody else. They just got a lot more trigger time than you, which is why they shoot really well. But it doesn't mean they teach really well. But more importantly, it doesn't mean they're changing with the times. That's what's really cool about that is when you talk about special ops guys – they all have the same attitude we do. They want to learn. Of course. I mean, they. That's they what makes a lot of them good at their jobs. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, what do you guys got coming up with classes? 
Uh, well, when you say coming up with classes, you mean like what do we have on the schedule yeah, right we, now? Yeah, what do you guys got coming out that people could sign up for if they're interested? Uh, well, I think one of the biggest ones that has really had an uptick here recently has been our uh, Advanced Concealed Handgun uh, 1 course. So with obviously Ohio passing the constitutional carry and we can circle back to this. It's definitely a big topic that I'd like yeah. to talk about today. Uh, so with Ohio passing constitutional carry, that now makes it optional for people to have the license. So what we've done is we've also created a, a we've created a class called basic concealed handgun and it's a four hour course. And basically what we're attempting to do is offer the opportunity for people to take some kind of training that gives them the, the legal understanding of what is required for deadly force as well as uh, an, a slight increase in the amount of range time because if somebody wants to carry without getting their license, they still need to have some kind of training. So that's what this course is doing, is it's, offering people... Dare I say, it's almost an idea of making them realize, oh shit, I really need to go get some good training. I can't just... We're hoping. I, mean, that's I can't what, just pack a pistol in my pants and run around town. That's obviously what we're after you yeah. know we because sure we're in business to make money let's not you know that's part of business yeah. but, it, but it, as long but, as you're offering a good product at a, at a reasonable price yes that's what's going to make a good business it's not so like you guys are out to screw everybody out of their money yeah and steal it from them and not so, give them value so what we've decided to do is create this course to where people can get some training with that handgun but they don't necessarily have to have or apply for their license this is just a basic understanding of what it's going to be like to conceal carry a handgun on your person. Um, that's what this course is geared for. Now, after you've completed that course or a basic concealed handgun license course where you're actually getting the certificate and applying for your license, et cetera, et cetera, you can then take, at least with us, the advanced concealed handgun one. Dennis and I, excuse me, Dennis and I kind of fine-tuned this course to gear it towards the idea of getting the gun out of the holster and into the fight. So a lot of CHL classes don't draw from the holster, and that's fine. Um, I don't think that they really should. Uh, that's just, and again, that's just my personal opinion. Anyway, that's what Advanced 1 is geared towards. Everything we do in that class is from the holster. Everything in that class is from the holster. So you are getting used to getting your gun out of your holster from concealment onto target. Because yeah, dare I say, most people who especially are just getting their concealed handgun license, they're not used to that. They're not ready for that. Correct. They, they need to progress mm -hmm. into that. Correct. So we start out dry, just doing draw practices. Then we do some live rounds. Then we do, you know, some of this, some of that. I don't, I'm not going to go through the whole, you know, curriculum. Of but course. In, in a nutshell, what we're doing is getting them comfortable with drawing their weapon and shooting live ammunition from concealment. Um, just yesterday I taught a class and I had a woman in there who had told me before we started, she goes, I've done dry practice, but I've never fired a live round from concealment before. Okay, great. This is going to be a, a good test of what I feel like we're capable of achieving here with a student. So she had basically said to me by the end of the day that she felt more comfortable carrying her gun obviously now than she ever did knowing that if she had to draw it she could now obviously just drawing the gun isn't the end-all be-all skill of surviving a gunfight so 
we've developed Advanced 2 and Advanced 3. Advanced 2 is all geared towards the idea of m- moving while we're drawing and shooting, right? So if a train's fucking heading right for you, what do you do? Get off the X. Okay, get <laughs> off the fucking tracks, right? Okay, so that's Advanced 2. That is what that is geared towards. Obviously, we're going to be stacking our skills from Advanced 1, drawing from concealment. Both We focus both on a proper two-handed draw and a single-handed draw. So if I ever have to draw from concealment single-handedly, we focus on that too. Advanced 2 is all incorporating that plus movement, right? Because our theory behind the idea of surviving a gunfight is not draw, shoot, move. It is move, draw, shoot. So that's what Advanced 2 is. And then Advanced 3 is basically us just Jedi mind-fucking you until you fail. <laughs> just, it's not that bad. Trying to add the, the physical aspect to get your heart A little rate. bit, yeah. yeah but also like, you need to fail to see where you're lacking mm-hmm. and then... Realize what you need to work on. Like, yeah. That, that's just how it goes. But again, so as, as far as Advanced 3 goes, we don't have anything on paper yet. But the idea is to it is going to be... Yeah, but you're, you're building these courses. These are going to be yeah. available. And Continue. these are great classes. Sure. For anybody who's thinking about carrying a pistol on them in society. Correct. So that's that's what I'm... I, say, I would say that's probably what's taking the majority of my time in the training world right now as far as instructing... Um, but I'm also trying to get our medical classes up and running again. We yep. just got in contact with a big medical supply company. We're awesome. Do some IFACs and everything else. Correct. They bought all the companies that we, we dealt with. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's usually how that works. So we, I, uh, I know we Steve, had to wait. I know Steve's been running some carbine classes. Yes, he's actually been pretty busy uh, with the carbine classes, and uh, that's been a pretty good turnout. He's actually getting ready to go on a – government-funded vacation here right. so um i'm not sure how much we can say i don't want to get him in trouble so um yeah he, he may be been, he may be out for a few months yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um but uh as well as i think this winter i'd really like to have an armorer's course rolled out so that way people get it basically just a build your own ar-15 class yeah somebody wants to learn how to put one together correctly no, yeah, because it seems overwhelming, but it's it's not too bad, especially if you got somebody there walking you through it. And that's the goal. That's the goal is it to al- put some kind of class together. For it that. also seems to me like the guys that don't think it's overwhelming and think that it looks really easy and they can do it are usually the ones that end up screwing something up. Yeah, well, so that's a that's, lot of times it's probably something little too. I mean, but I, I think well, that's where like having somebody <laughs> like to look because I know Agent Tom like helped me build my PCC, yeah. and so he knew exactly what he was doing. I watched tons of videos, so yeah. I understood it mostly. But it was nice to have him there kind of walking me through the steps. But more importantly is if something went wrong, well, then how do you fix it? There, <laughs> there's, I, I've noticed consistently I have two types of customers when it comes to working on firearms. There is either A, the customer who is pretty intelligent and they know more about the technical specs of this and that and all this. They're throwing shit at me that I have no idea about. Then, you know, we'll just say that they know more than I do. Sure. Technically, yes. <laughs> I just know how to fix them and put them together, right? But. And then the other customer I have is the guy who thinks that he is customer A, but he is very clearly not. <laughs> there's, there's like we, we've no, all met guys like that. That's pretty much my usual guy who comes in there. It's either the guy who actually knows what he's talking about or the guy who just thinks he does. Okay. Any uh, precision courses coming up? Uh, we ran one uh, not too long ago. We did an uh, introduction to precision course. Nice. And I've got a lot more people looking to do that. So Good. we're going to hopefully have something, you know, spring of 23. Okay. We'll push that out real hard. Awesome. And then if uh, anybody wants to sign up for these classes, where do they go? You can go online, uh, ioftwtg.com. We're 
actually really been kicking ass on our website as far as making it, again, more optimized, just more consumer-friendly. Um, they can come down to the store if they're local, 426 East Liberty Street, right in downtown Worcester. It's a great place to hang out if you're in the area. Yep, we keep chairs and coffee pot for a reason. Uh, you don't even have to stop in because you need something. You just, I mean, like we're always solving the world's problems down there. Anyway, <laughs> That's right. So, you, know, you never know what you might learn if you hang out long enough, but... Uh, um, or feel free to give us a call or, you know, obviously, uh, What's, uh social medias, uh, you can check us out on Instagram at, uh, instruments underscore un- of underscore freedom. And then just Facebook at instruments of freedom. Um, feel free to call down at the store too. Three, three, Oh, six, zero, one, zero, four, eight, eight. Yeah, that's a it's a one stop shop for all things firearms. Essentially, it's like yeah, you guys much. you guys do a little bit of everything, which we, is great. We try. Obviously, we're a small mom and pop. You know, air quotes here, but uh, if we don't have it on hand, we can usually get our hands on it for you. And not yeah. to mention, if they're not even in the area, and this isn't training you could take because you're not local, give them a call, and they can probably point you in a good direction of where to start. Yeah, we can help you find somebody in your local area, or if the conditions are met, um, I mean, we, by all, all rights, would have no problem traveling to somebody if, like I said, all the conditions are met. Um, you know, uh, we've been trying to kind of get our toes into uh, working with a little bit more church security. We don't talk about it a whole lot because we try to a keep that A lot of churches don't want to talk about it. They kind of want to keep that on the down low. And that's why I haven't mentioned it much before, like during these episodes. But uh, that's actually another thing that's kept Dennis and I relatively busy here in the past, th- this past summer and th- uh, spring of this year, you know. But I think that's a great thing because there's so many of these wackadoos that want to go out there and shoot up these religious temples, whatever denomination it is, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're just a big group of people that maybe is ideologically different than they are. They sure. want to go in and destroy that. So it's it's good to be prepared. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, we generally offer like a free consultation, you know, within reason. You know, if somebody wants us to fly out to fucking Nevada or something, you know, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to pay for a ticket just to look at your church but yeah you know obviously if all the conditions are met with that too we more than happily but especially now with like the the video conference thing and all that kind of stuff yeah. you guys could do uh, a one-on-one consultation just over the phone mm-hmm. you know just so you can see each other and all that kind of stuff and then if they want to actually do training you know fly you guys out if the conditions are met no big deal yeah we usually so. offer a free consultation we'll talk to you about what it is you're after and what we can provide for you and then we'll draft up some kind of uh, what would you call that? Um, quote. A quote, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. But a no, quote. You, could, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because we're giving them a list of what we think they would benefit from, right. With the prices and all that stuff, and then they make their decision from there. So yeah, but so, sometimes just a phone consultation of getting them an idea of what they don't know, sure, can help them make a better educated decision because they just don't know what they don't know and mm-hmm. that's fine we were all there and i always say this you know it's like one of the reasons why i love you guys so much is like, again you guys are always growing and doing the right things and not just doing the minimum to get by you know because like when i took my original chl class like when it was first passed here in ohio years sure. ago like it was garbage it was just what yeah. was listed <laughs> by legally that like uh liable or whatever like they read through right. the booklet that they sent you so that you couldn't sue them because they we didn't cover it yeah. and then the range time was ridiculous. There was no real shooting. I was shooting a pie plate at like 10 feet. Like, right. I can do that like blindfolded upside down left hand. Like, what, like, what are we doing? Well, Come that, on. And they still do that class. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Which, which is sad because like I always tell people like, so I've got friends like, oh, I got my CHL. I'm like, that's awesome. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Now go get some real training. Right. All these guys, they'll take good care of you. Awesome. And it's like, I know you guys run your CHL classes more like a level one pistol class. Sure. Which is more realistic. Drawing a weapon. 
malfunctions, clearing, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Things that you don't really cover in those other classes because it's just they're trying to maximize it to get as many people through the door so they can make as much money as possible, yeah. which is fine, but it's just not good training. So I love that you guys have great training. And if you guys and anybody out there is listening, want some good stuff, call the boys at IOF and they will take great care of you. Yeah, I do have to admit I had a nice ego stroke yesterday. It felt pretty good. <laughs> Please do uh, share. So I, I had a guy who was in the class yesterday, and he's been a friend slash student of ours for, I don't know, basically since we opened. And uh, he, you know, we finished up the class, and we know we're handing out certificates, and I'm shaking hands, and I'm asking everybody what their takeaways and what their critiques were for the day. So and you guys could learn to get better. If we yeah. did something wrong, how do we fix it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At the end of each training class, I ask the students, I say, hey, what did you take away? What's the biggest thing you take away from today? And I go around the group. You know, you what did you learn? What did you, you know, just tell me anything at all. And then after I get through everybody, I then go back through and I say, hey, do you have any critiques for us? Is there anything that we could do better for our next group? And then I let each individual have an opportunity to speak. Because, um, again, we can't we can't be better if we don't. People don't tell us. Yes. So, but at the end of the day, you know, the one guy kind of pulled me off to the side, and he was like, "Man, I gotta admit." He goes, "In like you know the years, he goes, your your confidence has really grown." He goes, "You know, you've really become a great instructor." He said, "Your delivery is awesome." You know, he goes, "I remember taking some classes from you guys way back then," and he's like, "You know, you've really made some strides as far as being an instructor." So, it was really cool to have that. You know ego stroke for a moment but that's also a testament of how hard you're working to and that's and that's increase like your craft which is being an instructor and that's and what made me think of it even to even bring it up was the fact that you said about we're always growing we're always trying to be and that's what it reminded me of you know i thought wow all that fucking hard work man it's paying off one person that's all right man that's that's all i needed you know was somebody to recognize that for me to make me recognize it and i'm like all right this is worth it yeah yeah, and All he's been hurt. around for a while, so he saw he's seen you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which, which yeah. is hard to deny. Yep, you can see it's it's obviously very obvious. I mean, yeah, it's it's been fun, man. I really enjoy doing this. Um, I I think I fit in well with most most people who come through the door. I think generally I leave a good impression on. So, well, good. So one of the big topics we want to talk about today, obviously, is Ohio did pass a constitutional carry. So you now no longer have to have a license to carry Correct. a loaded weapon on you in public. It is which now I've got I've got my own theories on that, but I didn't want to talk about it just on the podcast with any random people. Obviously, I want to talk with you guys <laughs> because, because mm-hmm. you're in this world. You understand it a lot more than I do. And for me, it's going to sound like a rant. But I have a 10-year Facebook so. law degree. I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys want to break down kind of what that was and what it really means overall. Somebody else talk. I'm yeah, talking, every, I feel like every, I'm that I, up all Everything that I've seen, there's been a lot of mis- misinformation sent out and stuff like that. But uh, the constitutional carry, what scares me about is it's going to turn innocent people into criminals because they don't know the laws. And that's why, like Ethan had said, we we put together a constitutional carry course, if you will, uh, so that if, if you are going to do that, if you don't want to get your, your permit, hey, so be it. That's fine. Yeah, because obviously it's it's legal not to do that. Yeah, I, it's legal not I to do I personally that. think it's a very, a very, very bad idea to not have your license. But, yeah, again, I, that's how I feel. Well, you know, and, and most people that are in the in the industry, they we all feel the same. Yeah. Um, and when I say we, Ohio people, um, 
I was on the phone with Luke Murray last night talking to him, and they had people calling them about, hey, you know, I want to buy a gun now because I don't have to get a a permit and they're, they're pretty much the same way. They're like, you know, it's probably smart to get your permit or go through the class or training. And, uh, the reason he, he called me is he said he'd given those people our, our contact info because they know that we built a constitutional carry course or yes. a, a course for that. Um, so he wanted to give me a heads up that some people from Columbus area may be calling. I think it's important to clarify too. When we say, when we're talking about like getting your license or your permit, I think for, for us specifically, what we're, really referring to is the training correct yes getting trained correct i think the big fear is one of two things will happen you'll either have somebody that is not justified in using deadly force but does it anyways because they didn't know or justified it or you'll have the person who is justified to use deadly force and they do but then in the courtroom the prosecutor brings up the the simple fact that they didn't even know you know, they truly, they didn't know because they didn't have any training yeah. and just makes them look really bad in front of the jury. Well, yeah. And yeah. so I, I even had this discussion with somebody yesterday and, and because the problem is not whether or not you feel as though your life's in jeopardy. The problem lies in the fact that I need to be able to articulate that to a judge or jury. Right. Mm-hmm. That is where most people fail. It's very easy to know when your life is in danger. It's very easy to know when you are in a life-threatening situation. It's not that fucking hard. Yeah, but it's hard to portray that to others. I understand. Because right. Right? it's a feeling that you have. Like- true. That's why I'm r- emphasizing the fact that what we're attempting to do, or I guess, and I don't mean to cut Dennis off here, but the best way that I can describe it is we're attempting to teach these people how to articulate the fact that yeah. they felt their life was in danger Using legal guidelines. Yeah. yeah. We could give a shit less whether you have a physical plastic yeah, yeah. card in your wallet right. to carry around. But you got to have it. the license. Yeah. It's the knowledge you're saying license, it's the training. With, yeah, you got to yeah. have yes. the knowledge that goes with yeah. it. Yeah, that's now, exactly what, right. What, what are some ways that somebody could get themselves in trouble if they don't have the right training and information? Oh, just oh, like Ethan said. Th- you'll get people brandishing firearms. Yeah. Right. They don't realize that that's simply a, flashing that gun as a warning sign is illegal. Yeah. I think that'll start warning happening shots. a lot. But, but, I, yeah, but you, see it, you see it in movies and TV right. shows. I mean, it's got to be legal, right? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. that, that's the, the, here and lies the problem. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what about like uh, carrying it in areas you're not supposed to? Obviously, if you don't understand right. the law, well, you may not hey, know that. If we're talking about that, then we need to reference Elijah Dickens here. Let's please. Absolutely. Like information he carried is, a gun a into point. a gun-free zone, and he saved about 100 people's fucking life. Right. I'm not saying that you should break let's, the let's, law, but let's uh, let's break right. it down. Tell me what you're talking uh, about. Indiana, uh, the kid that saved the that shot the. Oh, I understand, but yeah, let's yeah. let's break it down for people yeah. who don't know, because I, yeah. I I'm a little bit aware, but not completely aware of the so, situation. Uh, I'm not sure what the premise of the shooter was. Um, I haven't heard what the motive was, but an individual armed with, I believe, an AR-15, um, went into a mall and started shooting at people in the so food just a court. random mm-hmm. uh, place that was full of people which is what a lot of these yeah. mass shooters who want to get uh, notoriety on facebook so and news and everywhere else a 22 year old kid who was carrying basically a stock glock 19 due to his constitutional carry rights drew from concealment and placed eight out of ten rounds on a human-sized target at 40 yards 40 
at under 15 seconds. Dare I say, someone who's had a lot of training and a lot of range time, I don't think I would take that shot. I wouldn't I'll tell you the what. distance in a crowded area. <laughs> I That's impressive. I do not give a shit who you are. 40 yards is a very daunting pistol shot. Yeah. All right. Now, what I love the most is that after it was all said and done, the press conference with the sheriff, he didn't even touch on the fact that the kid was carrying a gun in the gun-free zone. He basically, in a very polite and professional way, said that the kid was very skilled with a handgun and the fact that he took that shot and made 8 out of 10 at 40 yards. Yeah, yeah look, that, at some, look at some of the law enforcement uh, averages. <laughs> he blew them right off the <laughs> Well, that doesn't take much. I've seen <laughs> right. a lot of cops shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of cops come to match you and be like, yeah. you're a police officer? This is your job, dude. Like, how am I beating you? Yeah, like, I think, This is I not think good. The, yeah, I think <laughs> the big thing about like him carrying where he wasn't supposed to there's a difference of carrying where you're not supposed to to create havoc or to harm people. Well, here's the thing, right? Because as we all know, carrying, criminals are going to carry. Anyway. They don't give a shit. That's right. So, like, having these stringent laws come down from these politicians who knew nothing about what what you guys do for training people, law enforcement, any of that kind of stuff. They've all got armed security guards with right. AR-15s, Glock-19s, yeah. all that kind of stuff, lo- locked and loaded, walking them around everywhere they yeah. go. So I'm not threatened. Why are you threatened? Why do you need a gun? Get the fuck out of here. Right. It's ridiculous. But you got a lot of these people claiming or posting like what is legal and what's not legal, and they just, they're not based in reality. They have no idea what it's right. like to be a civilian because they're these special elite people that think that they're higher than the rest of us and that can lord over all of us. It's right. it's ludicrous. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and like I said, you know, him him carrying to me was not a threat. He wasn't there to create havoc. He was there shopping or yeah, whatever. Not, not to mention you know, it's concealed. Was, it's supposed to be a secret. No one should even think twice about it. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's so, a it's a very fine line. Absolutely. It's a very fine line because in my opinion, we as human beings as a society need to act with a certain amount of restraint as far as operating within the confines of societal guidelines that's all fine and dandy but we we all as people break laws every day mm-hmm. i'll bet you all broke laws driving here going not, no, I not quite i the know speed i did limit. i can like, tell you four or five exactly it's like <laughs> I, I don't i always tell people it's like know the laws you're breaking and know what that could lead to right and be okay with it there's been plenty of times where i've carried into areas that you're not technically supposed to where if I got caught, I could have lost my license. But I'm not out there being a dipshit, running around showing my gun off to everybody yeah. either. I was running in, doing an errand, getting back. Right. And I, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it is what it is. It's just part of life. But No, I agree with you. I'm just, if, if we're being objective, we need to consider the fact that there stands a certain fine line between acting within societal guidelines out of respect and doing things that you want to protect yourself. Absolutely. Right? Now, I'm not saying I agree with gun-free zones that in any way, shape, or form. Um I've never met a tin sign that thought it could protect my life better than me. Um, but look at where 99% of mm-hmm. the fucking shootings happen. Well, yeah. <laughs> where, where people are <laughs> yeah. unarmed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so. And, uh, <laughs> pinch so, him. Pinch him. <laughs> right. I'm all about following the societal guidelines yeah. unless they become detrimental to, to my own that, right. safety. Correct. Correct. You know, something like that. Then you know there's a very, very fine line between beneficial and detrimental. <laughs> most of those societal guidelines, I would say, are beneficial. And, that, to and us I guess that's what I'm follow. trying to get at. Like for the most part, but, like so. For example, the speed limit, right? Like, yeah, we all speed. All four of us in this room have been guilty of speeding before, and there's all times where we've been guilty of doing under the speed limit, right? Because for whatever reason, you're just not in a fucking hurry that day, and you don't give a shit. Right, and maybe like you lost your own thoughts and like, oh shit, I'm going ten under. Like, yeah, speed up it, a it bit. happens, you know. But 
But again, ultimately, the reason why we have speed limits is because if somebody was driving out at the end of your driveway, if somebody drove past your driveway when you were standing out there to cross the street getting your mail at 110 miles an hour, would that piss you off? Yeah. Why? Because I'm in a small area with a bunch of houses and cars and people pulling in and right. out. And so, it's not a safe distance enough for them to be able to stop. And, so I, and I, can't, I can't gauge their speed to know that I'm safe enough to cross. So it. there's some kind of societal guideline yes. that we are in agreement. Yes. So, so again, like Dennis had said, as long as it's not detrimental to my safety or the well-being of my ability to protect myself or, you know, just be an, an individual, you know, we have to try to stand by those things. That's what helps create a civilized society. Um, and I, and I, that to me, now I'm not saying I, again, agree with the gun free zones at all, but that's, I kind of battle back and forth of that internally because I think to myself, how far do you, how far do you follow that though? You know, do you follow that blindly? Well, fucking obviously I don't, I'm not just going to, Oh well, fucking the, the mall security will protect me, you know. Yeah, like, with, right. with their what OC yeah. spray. <laughs> yeah, what are they gonna do? Find the, the gun, rent cops. Gun-free zones are very good intention, very bad judgment. Well, yeah. again, you it's know. it's from people it's, who yeah. don't have any kind of realistic grasp on society, who think that they're lording over the rest of us, but that they're all special. Most it's of like, which are human beings who they themselves have never truly like, or who have never personally experienced true violence. Well, it's, it's like I've, I've got a I've got a <laughs> bunch of friends who were so against firearms and like I, i've even got like one specifically who was like in the military all that kind of stuff but still was very against firearms like well, why would i need one for my house like i've got a dog i've got a baseball bat i've got a hatchet or a machete or whatever mm-hmm. it's like i don't need anything i'm good to go but then things have dare i say escalated in the last few years with sure. riots and protests and problems like that and they've kind of realized it's like you know what maybe i need to look more into this i started researching it more and looking into what it actually takes to because they, they were kind of against like the high capacity magazines and nobody needs an ar-15 and all this <laughs> kind of stuff and it's like well once they started reading statistics of what it might actually take to stop a real threat especially if they were hopped up on drugs or whatever right. it's like you might need more than six rounds in a revolver you might need that especially if there's more than one assailant mm-hmm. you know it's like but these are also people that may have never had like somebody who's drugged out of their mind trying to kick their door in at two uh-huh. in, the, in the morning when you call the cops like oh well, we're half an hour out well this fucktard's about to kick my damn door in like right. get here now like how are you going to protect me <laughs> right but i think Sir, I, but i think do you know the ethnicity of your attacker <laughs> <Correct. laughs> ethnicity <laughs> officer <laughs> yeah I, I don't think police officers really care about that kind of stuff yeah. an assailant an assailant or a dirt yeah. bag whatever to call them. but it's like but they've kind of done some research on their own and realized oh shit maybe i need to take some classes and they do take some classes and and now they started having firearms around the house and getting their chls and carrying out in public and realizing oh shit like i don't just need a firearm i need an extra magazine i might need a knife on me i might need these Mm -hmm. kind of things it's like do i think something bad's going to happen no okay but i need to be prepared in case something were to happen like that's that's the whole idea sometimes bad shit does happen though like i mean I've had bad shit happen to me. Like, I just, I don't want to be caught with my, you know, pants around my ankles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I can completely understand. You know, it's just, it's interesting, again, because some people listen to the narrative that you might hear on the news and realize, oh, like, we're all safe. Because, dare I say, most people probably never heard about the shooting in Indiana if they just watched the mainstream media. Chances are it wasn't really covered. 
Um, no, I don't think it was talked about a whole lot because, again, yeah, you're right. It didn't fit the narrative. You yeah, know, it, but if you, uh, if you have a school shooting like what happened down in Texas a couple of months ago, that's yeah. everywhere for like a month. That's all oh, anybody talks about. God, please. <laughs> Let's not get started on yeah. that because I'll tell you what, if I have to hear one more person talk about that, I'll fucking scream. Man, those cops, every single one of those motherfuckers should be fired. Yes. Yep. Every single one of those I, motherfuckers should be fired. And anybody who doesn't understand what we're talking about, there was a school shooting down there where the cops got on scene and they waited to go in. Where obviously that was an old idea of you. Yeah. Were, it's a hostage situation. You don't rush in because it could get people shot. Where nowadays they've realized, okay, if the assailants reach any kind of threat, they usually either take their own lives or they're just looking to get shot by cops. Like that's what they're there for. So it's like if you go in in force, like they're going to give up or shoot themselves usually right away. That's that's been pretty standard on a lot of these shootings, right? So, like, the fact that they just sat outside and did nothing is like, it's your fucking job. Get your ass in there. Like, oh, I didn't want to get shot. Like, you sign up for this. Again, this is your job. Like, go save those kids. And I think Tim Kennedy on the Drinking Bros podcast covered this the best. And he's like, I'll sacrifice 20 cops to save one kid. I don't care if they're going to step over my dead body. I'm fucking going in there. I'm going to shoot that motherfucker in the face. He's going to kill me. I don't care. It's like, I'm going to go in there and try to save those kids. It's like, period, end of story. It's like, the fact that those cops still have jobs is ludicrous to me. Like, everyone should be fired. Listen, well, even the internal if, video that they If you that. watch that video, you are not downright fucking disgusted. You are a yeah. terrible person. Yeah, yeah You are just a terrible person. Like, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. N- nor do we there's need to. all kinds of information out there. If you want to look it up, just look it up. But if... But, but here's Man, the thing, though. Yeah. But the point is, we heard about that for weeks and right. weeks and That's weeks. Exactly. And then, like, you got somebody who was stopping a, a threat at 40 yards with a pistol, right. which is impressive. Well, the view covered it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what they brought up? Uh, I'm Not sure the it, fact that, they, that yeah. he saved lives. I'm sure it was like they he brought was up carrying, that he was carrying yeah. where he wasn't this supposed to. This is illegal, to. and he shouldn't do yeah. that. He risked all his people's yeah. lives, and it could have been yeah. dangerous. That uh, fucking show. Ignorant fucking show. So. Jesus. I guess I guess to circle back to our whole original fucking point, <laughs> constitutional carry in Ohio has been passed. It's now optional to have your concealed handgun license. So we've developed a constitutional carry class to help get people some training so that way they don't feel like they're that way they have a sense of confidence when it right. comes to them actually carrying their weapon. Yes. Because right. that's a confidence, but also not overconfidence because you got a lot of the fucking testosterone guys beating their chest. Well, that, and, oh, I can now carry it. Is but cr- that's that's the problem is you got all these fucktards are going to run around with a pistol. Right. This, the same assholes who used to open carry. Right. Well, it's legal. I can do a fuck off. Mm, like right. you are like putting a red you, sign on your back says fucking shoot, shoot me, me first. first. Right. It's like, like, <laughs> See, I like those guys because then that means <laughs> I don't get shot first. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> right. right? But here's I'm the, all good. <laughs> but here's the thing is most people aren't going to look at you, Ethan, and say, oh, that motherfucker's carrying a gun. Like, because you don't look like that yeah. kind of guy. You don't have the, you know, the American flag everywhere, the, the grunt style shirts on with the, the shoot me first mole yeah. backpack, all that kind yeah, of like, mole on lab and the yeah. Punisher skull <laughs> yeah. on my truck window. Like ta- tactical pants with them fucking military Ain't, boots running around. It's like, oh yeah, that motherfucker's packing nothing heat. in this truck worth nine more. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so like a criminal's going to come into the fucking room or wherever you guys are at, does a mall, whatever, it doesn't matter because criminals don't give a shit about gun free zones and they're gonna look around and be like okay i'll pop that motherfucker first yeah this guy there okay then i can start going off the rest of these people because they're probably not armed i know and so i'm gonna have to back up to 45 yards just so i can show old boy up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back but, up a couple yeah. steps yeah. <laughs> because obviously the whole idea with a concealed carry is to to be the gray man 
to just be unassuming, just in the corner doing your thing <laughs> and not worrying about it. And then if you need to protect, That's a good movie, by the way, I, I just actually watched that yesterday, which, which it was okay. It was, it was yeah. fine. It was, it was like the standard Hollywood shoot 'em up right. bullshit, you know. But it, there was definitely some exaggerations. A lot, a lot of exaggerations. I haven't seen it. I mean, a couple grenades going off right in front of your face. <laughs> yeah. and you just walk away. Like get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like, right. I, I, I get yeah. it. Just but, turn your back. Pull the pin, <laughs> drop the grenade, look at each other for five seconds, then you walk away, and yeah. then it goes off. Yeah, it's kind of not how that works. Kind of not. But uh, but nonetheless, but, like, but the whole idea again is like. You're supposed to just kind of blend in with the crowd. No one's supposed to know. And it's supposed to be a big secret. That way, if the criminals do something stupid, you know, you can, you know, spring into action if you feel like your, you know, life is threatened. Yeah. And again, as you know, it's a lot of people, we talk about this in our classes and stuff. And like active shooter scenario, that's a whole different ball game. Just because if that, if that's truly what's happening, yeah, I'm probably going to do everything I can to stop that guy. Um, But like, say it's a gas station robbery. Like, I'm not going to shoot that fucking guy. I'm going to probably beat feet out of here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I have all the respect in the world for that dude working behind the counter, and I hope that him, her, it, they, he, she, z, zen, whatever, <laughs> whatever pronoun. survives this scenario, <laughs> but uh, they don't pay my motherfucking bills, and until they do, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, that, unless your life is 100% actively in danger, like, I I carry my gun to get me home, not yeah. to save mm-hmm. everybody's And life. I've always kind of had that mentality. It was like, if I hear shots and I'm in a store, like, I'm looking for the back door. Yeah, I'm like, looking like, for exit. Where, where's the staff coming in and out? That's where I'm going. I'm not going out the fucking front where all the, the cows are going to go. Right. Like, like, I'm, like, if I'm in a store, I'm like, where's produce? Oh, fuck, I'm out there. Like, I'm gone. See ya. There's I'm, always an exit yeah, at not, the meat market. I'm not running up to the front. <laughs> To confront who knows how many assailants with whatever they might have. It's like, I'm not a cop. It's not my job. It's like, I'm going to get home and I'm going to survive this. Yeah, I'm going to get home. I'm going to get out of the store yeah. and to my I, car I and then I'll call 911 and then I'll, I'll maybe I'll stand by the, you know, not stand by the door, but, you know, I'll maybe keep my item of defense trained on the door so that way if, if and when it spills outside, if I have to address it, I would. But yeah, but the problem with that is then police might show up on the scene and think you're the threat, and they might start shooting. That's at you, why so. when I call nine one one, I give them a description of who I am and what I'm wearing, and that the fact that I am armed and that I'm going to be by this vehicle on this corner of the parking lot, and I'm going to be aiming at the door. So when they see a guy standing by this vehicle and this pants and this shirt with a gun in his hand, they know okay, that's the fucking guy that called. And that's hoping that the police who show up are trained and can think clearly on the I'll, scene. I and, guess I'll just have to take. Well, that I know. I know, but it is, that's what I'm saying. Like, it still is a risk either way. Well, I mean, as far as the cops, I, I mean. Yeah. I look at it as in, I, I can't get that you, shit, the, so. the innocent civilian in the grocery store, you might need my help in that moment. Sure. But my family at home, they need me every day for the rest of my life. So if I don't make it home to them because I decided to stay and help you, <laughs> right? What, yeah. what good does that do me and my family? It's like, I, I know recently I heard about a story. I, I don't remember where, where it was or what it was. You guys might know. Like, uh, I think somebody, somebody stops a shooting. I think it was like a school shooting. We were in there with like an AR-15, and he went in with a pistol and neutralized the threat and grabbed the rifle. And that was probably a bad idea because when the cops showed up on the scene, they saw him with a rifle, and they, start, they, they shot and killed him. Hmm. So, um, so, so he, he is now dead i think i did hear about that i, th- I think i heard about uh, it like in a podcast or a youtube video i don't remember I exactly think i read an article about it um yeah he d- yeah because he picked up old boy's rifle and yeah the cops, cops showed up saw, basically like oh yeah. well you're the fucking saw shooter. a boop, dude boop. with a rifle and they they assumed that he was the shooter 
which which is a good assumption on their part. Like you can't fault the cops for that. They no, know. absolutely not. Because you know you can't. It's such a dynamic situation. You know, you you can't, especially in that scenario where a civilian steps in. You know that would be very difficult for the officer to to. I, I can't imagine having to make that call. I can't. I yeah. Mean, See what I don't get. I remember have. I think. It was with a cop friend, I think, I was having this conversation with him. It was a while back. But I remember... Well, Mike, a touch closer to your mouth. Sorry about that. Here we go. I remember talking to him I about know, the fact, away. like, um, you know, 13-plus years that I was in the military, I knew for a fact. Like, I never had to worry once about my family, essentially, as far as whether or not they'd be taken care of if anything happened to me, right? You got a half-a-million-dollar life insurance policy the day you graduate boot camp, essentially. Um, you know, on a monthly, if not weekly basis, my entire 13 years, um, you know, family was being brought up. How are things at home? Is the family okay? You know, what do we need to do? Take care of your family. Right. I don't see that within the law enforcement community. Like for the military guys, you know, again, most of them, because the military understands if you're worried about your family, you're not effective on deployment. Right. So they understand, hey, let's make sure that the the members, the guys that are on deployment, their families are well taken care of and are going to be taken care of if anything should ever happen to them. Yeah. And I feel like that needs to happen for the law enforcement side It, it as well. used to be that way in law enforcement. Yeah. It's not so much now because of our, our climate, you know, the, the way everybody, cops bad, bad right. guy good. Like I feel as a, as a cop, you know, if you go into that sure. active shooter situation, the thought that goes through your head shouldn't be, Oh God, I don't want to run in there because if something happens to me, my family's going to be fucked. But it's not right? even, it's not even just that. The it's thought just... that goes through my head should be, well, you know what? I'm risking my life, but God damn it, I'm going to go do it because even if something does happen to me, I know at least my family's going to be taken. But care. again, I right? think I think it's deeper than that because now they're worried about, oh, am I going to get vilified by the public? Right. Well, yeah. sure, am, yeah. Am, is That's my family going to be harassed? Do I, am I going to have to move because I've got death threats and all this kind of stuff? Like, there's so many more things politically that they have to think about that they shouldn't have to. We've we got should guys, have support. We've got guys in our local area that are doing that right now. You, you hear a lot because, of good cops are afraid to engage of, with anything because right. they're afraid of the backlash. Right. Well, that's but that's what he's referring to. Like, it, you know, how could an officer in his right mind go into a situation knowing that if he makes a bad choice or if something happens to him, basically they can just, well, <laughs> you're dead. Sorry about your fucking family. We don't care. Like, yeah, right. Oh, oh man, that's too bad. You know, oh, straw shit. And you know, sorry. You see, you know, if the... he'd have been here six months longer, he'd have had that pension. You know, but it's and not it's even like, that because, like, you mm-hmm. you see it a lot, like on the news and stuff, where like the uh, the uppity ups in the police department will throw the officers under the bus. Oh, they do it all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like to save their the, own the, ass. The, oh, well, yeah, the we're, we're going to the fire chiefs, them. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, you the should be standing behind. They don't stand behind you. You're you're fucked. Yeah, you should be standing behind your police officers. If not, you're gonna you're not going to get good ones because the good ones are all retiring now. They're like, fuck this, I'm done. And, and who I wants mean, and who wants that job right now? Oh, people who crave power. They, they're, they're probably going to be corrupt. Like this, it's drawing in the wrong kind of people right now. Right. It's it's not good. Yeah, I'm all well, for protecting my fellow citizens and human beings and stuff. But I, you couldn't pay me enough to be a cop right now. No, no, not no. In today's no. climate and society. No, I, I I couldn't imagine being a cop right now. <laughs> nope. It's a thankless job to start with, and mm-hmm. then with the right. political society the way it is right now, it's. Oof. Well, it's going to get to a point where nobody's going to do it. That's that's hundred. I think true. it's already happened. You know, like you start. I've already been hearing about. I think cities, 
you know, like Portland and Minneapolis, the ones that really did that actually defunded the cops and all of a sudden their crime rates shot through the fucking oh, roof. Shocking. And now all of a sudden, Oh God, here's millions to the local law enforcement. Please come back. And, yeah. Too like, late now. Shitheads. <laughs> right. I mean, like in jujitsu, obviously we see a lot of police officers come in like Akron, Canton, Cleveland yep. area. A lot of the areas around like are kind of, they're pulling cops. And, like, all of them are saying, yeah, we can't fucking hire anybody right now. Like, there's nobody qualified. And so, like, some of the younger kids, like, they're, they're trying to say, hey, if you're interested, like, go to the, go to the academy. Go to the academy. Isn't like, it, you can get a job anywhere because nobody wants to be a cop right now. I know that they were talking. I thought they said it was outside of Cleveland. One of the cities, one of the richer cities or subdivisions, whatever, outside of Cleveland, I think, is um, they're all privately funding their police now. I don't care. Like, the local people have come together and are all giving private donations so they can pay $150 an hour to have cops on duty in their little area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the old days, like we used to call those mercenaries. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I mean, government's allowed to hire private prisons. Why can't we hire private police? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If we're like, paying them, then we get to make the rules. That's, a lot of people have their own. If you have enough <laughs> money, you usually have private security anyway. So right. that's kind of how that works. But but nonetheless, so, like, so I guess back on topic, it's like <laughs> I personally feel like the constitutional carry is a horrible idea for the, a lot of the reasons that we've talked about. It's because now you're going to have a bunch of dumbasses go out there and just carry guns, get themselves into a bunch of trouble, and be more of a nuisance to society than being benefit to society. Because I personally believe that most people are not cut out to carry a, a loaded firearm in public. I think they're mm-hmm. going to be a hindrance and not a help sure. to society. Well, we've had people ask us, do you think the law is going to hurt your concealed carry business no. and, it, and it hasn't we we've been filling up all, all the concealed carry classes and i don't think we've have we taken anything to do a constitutional one yet not yet no but also i mean we've had people ask but i also don't have any dates set mm-hmm. in stone yet i'm still waiting on a few things but uh i i think the big thing is just like dennis has said we're not we're not anti Right. License or pro license. We're pro training. Like I could give a shit less if people want to have their license or don't want to have their license. You know, obviously I have it. What I, why I have it is because if I do use it, if I do use my weapon, I can stand in front of a courtroom and I can simply and honestly tell them I have my license because even though I'm not lawfully required to, I understand the severity of what it is I'm doing. And I went above and beyond what the law says I am, m- at a minimum, required to. But also, it's a it's a nice thing to have if you're traveling out of state. Correct. For other states that may may not have a constitutional carry, but they may. Um, well, there's only well, one that honors Ohio. There's only one that recognizes Ohio's only constitution. One? Yeah, it's Kentucky. That, but that's because we recognize their constitutional. Well, carry. and and that's the thing. Most people don't recognize or realize that. Other states don't recognize non-resident constitutional Correct. carry. Right. It's resident only. Yeah, you have to be a resident of that state. Yeah, to but, count to without to carry, a permit carry in that state. Correct. But I, I, I thought more than one state. Kentucky's the only recognize one because Ohio's concealed handgun license. The license, the license they do. The that's constitutional why, carry. No, well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's that's one of the reasons to have the, oh, the, yeah, the CHL yeah. because yeah. other states well, are on one hand you can yeah on one hand you can say here's why you should have your license. On the other hand, here's why constitutional carries you know good. It like like Ethan and Dennis both said. We're not pro one or the other. We're pro training. Be educated about what you're doing. That way you can be prepared 
to do what you need to do, whether it's going to another state. Oh, I need to have my permit. I got to go do that. Or I'm just going to travel. Even just understanding that the fucking laws change from state to state. Absolutely. And if you have never set foot in a classroom or a place of higher learning for that purpose, you'll people don't know that. And yeah. then they're going to end up doing something, you know, say they go on vacation to Tennessee or something. I don't know. I'm sure that the, there are a few key differences in the law between Ohio and Tennessee. I'm sure that there are. It's fucking lawyers. There's got to be. Yeah. It doesn't matter what state you go to. Ignorance is no excuse for not right. understanding. It's not, it's not an laws. affirmative defense. That's yep. right. So, yeah, But I think that's also a good thing. Is like I remember uh, I had family members who were up in this area before they moved down to Texas. And they got down to Texas, had to retake all the concealed handgun license classes because mm-hmm. it was very different. And they did not recognize Ohio's license. But there was also a time when they were still up here that they, they were traveling for work. And I think they, had, they were going up to West Virginia or Pennsylvania. I forget which one to take the class there because then they had a license in two states. So that covered them between all the different states that they were traveling in for work. Mm-hmm. They could essentially have their weapon on them and travel in all these different states sure. and be recognized by one or the other. So sure. it's like one of those things. It's like you got to know the laws. You got to know what's legal and what's yep. not. Mm-hmm. I personally believe you also need to know what laws you're breaking. So that way, right. again, because you can't claim ignorance, well, you, need, you need to yeah. know these things. But I, th- I think that's what I worry about <clears throat> most if it, with the constitutional carry in Ohio is that people aren't going to go out and seek the training mm-hmm. that they need right. to go out there and be safe. So when I I got out of the military, Ohio, being being a veteran, I didn't have to do a CHL course. I could just print off my DD-214. I could take that down with the application. Um, not only did I not have to do any training, but I also didn't have to pay as big of a fee to get that license. Or not fee, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I moved back to Ohio, got online, did some research, found a local group. Unfortunately, it wasn't these guys. IOF didn't exist yet, but found a local group that did um, concealed handgun license classes, signed up, went and did the class. About two hours into the class, the one instructor realized that I was a veteran, and he walked up to me. He goes, you know you don't have to be here. I said, I know, but I want to be here. (laughs) I said, I want to know for certain what justifies the use of deadly force in Ohio. Right. Versus in South Carolina, where I just came from. Yeah. 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 He refunded my money, but I told him not to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was nice. I stayed for the whole class. Yeah, I left, you know, a little bit of cash back for him anyways. Well, good. Yeah. Um, Uh, Because, again, to me, it's understanding what justifies the use. Yeah, I think that that's (laughs) just my big push is that, like like you guys said, I mean, legally they have the right to carry with or without a license. Doesn't matter. You're not pro, right. for it or against it. Like the reason I'm against it is like I feel like it's going to empower people who don't want to take the training, and that's that's yeah. my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like, go get the training. If you don't want to put yourself out there on a list with the sheriff's office that you're, you know, have your don't license or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. That that's your choice. That's fine. But still, go out, get the training. Like, get the understanding of what's legal and what's not, what you can and can't do. Because if not, like, you're going to, you know, write well, a check your pretty, ass can't catch. Yeah, De- Dennis is pretty rare for most people. Very much we've, so. we've had We've had veterans come in that just don't want to take the class mm-hmm. at all. And it's like, you know, hey, come through for free. Just sit down. Make sure you know the laws. I, 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 I don't need know, that. I don't need that. Right. And Shoot, that's what scares me. I, like, I'm not happy is. about the – I'm not happy. Me personally, I'm not happy about the constitutional carry. I mean, it, it, if 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 you get into a shootout and you don't have your license, and someone does get into a shootout, just like Ethan said earlier, and I have my license, that person can articulate in court 
so much better than somebody's like, well, I was in danger. I shot that fucker, you know. Or so, <laughs> so you know. anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> so yeah, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I I feel the same way you do. That you're going to have a bunch of fucktards out there that just do not want to learn. You know, they know everything. Well, they they just, think they do. But right, obviously, well, obviously, they don't. No, that's like, I, like, I've I've got friends that want to take their CHLs, and I always tell them. Take it with IOF. Like, take it with these guys. Don't just call up anybody random to sure. save yourself 30 bucks or whatever. Like, it's not going to be good training, I promise. Like, well, spend the time, come down to the boyos. But then I told him, I was like, when you guys go through, let me know. I'll come in. I'll sit with yeah. you guys. Because, like, I try to keep up with the laws and the changes. Because yeah, things true. are always changing. And we're always talking, obviously, and stuff. You know, but still, it's like, I should probably sit through one. Because I haven't sat through one in a very long time. But it's like, but give them somebody. Like, hey, they'll sit through you. You remember U.S. All Shield? I don't think so. You should maybe look into that. We should get him connected with that because yeah. one of the things that they do is like when Ohio law changes, they shoot out an email. Okay. And and same with, was it Buckeye Firearms? Yeah, I've seen a lot of the stuff from Buckeye Firearms, yeah. all that kind of stuff. They always do a pretty good job posting what's changed and whatnot. But again, like I try to keep up on that stuff because I, I make an effort to. Like I, I feel it's very important. But uh, I, I told my friends, like when you guys take your course, let me know. I'll come and sit in with you because I'm sure there's a bunch of shit that I'll learn that I just, you guys will rephrase it differently. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't think about that. That makes sense. Or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad they reminded me. Right. Because chances are I've forgotten a bunch of stuff because. Like, as we all know, it's better to be reminded than instructed. <laughs> right, right, So right. sometimes you just need a quick reminder. Sure. All right. So another big topic that uh, we were talking about before we started recording here, obviously, is there's a – was it Senate law or is it House law that had just passed? Uh, H- a, uh, House so, Bill so 1808. House 1808. Yep. So it's uh, some sort of a weapons ban or yeah, something. Yeah, I got it. I got it right. Like, I, I know we were Assault talking about – I don't ban. I don't know too much about it. I just kind of saw something this morning. I was like, hey, maybe we could talk about that. I happened to get lucky enough to flip on one of the, I don't remember if it was PBS or it, like they're constantly showing the Senate or not the Senate, but the House when they're they're talking about stuff or the ju- the judiciary. Yes, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I can't they think they were all talking wording. about what they were trying to why they were passing this bill, and it has everything in it from from pistol. As, as a band, you mean? Yeah, as a band. They're, they want to get rid of everything. Shotguns, I mean, everything. Yeah, so so here's what it says. Like, this is right from the Congress website. This bill makes it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon or large-capacity ammunition feeding device. This prohibition does not apply to a firearm that is A, manually operated by a bolt, pump, lever, or slide action, B, permanently inoperable, C, an antique, or D, a rifle or shotgun specifically identified by make and model. This bill also exempts from the prohibition of the following. Importation, sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession related to certain law enforcement efforts and authorized tests or experiments. Importation, sale, transfer, or possession related to securing nuclear materials and possession by a retired law enforcement officer. So basically, what they're saying is anybody who is not law enforcement can't own anything semi-automatic. Well, well so that I remember there was a big by a pump or like a, yeah, a bolt gun, levers, like a magazine-fed bolt yeah. gun would be acceptable. There was a pump-action shotgun would be acceptable. The big band that they worked on about a year ago, and right. I remember because I, I read through that word for word the entire wording in the the second or third to last sentence out of the twenty or whatever pages it was, specifically said uh, essentially that. 
these laws apply to you. You are not allowed to own these weapons as citizens. We as the government and our employees are specifically allowed to have them to use against you who are not allowed to have them. The, the and that's essentially what this bill the whole thing sounds is like to me, too. They're infringing on the Second <laughs> Amendment, right? Of course. And obviously, and it's, it's, it's just gone through the House. Down. It's going to get shot down the Senate. Like, it's, it's not going to go through. Well, something I'm interested to see, too. So the EPA tried doing something here recently, and they tried passing a law. Right. And Congress was like, uh, 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 you are a regulatory agency, not a, a part of the judicial branch. So you are not the judicial branch. Uh, the Supreme the Court. The Supreme The Court. legislative yeah. branch. So you'd have nothing to do with making laws. You have no authority to make right. laws. Ipso facto, the ATF is not a government law-making agency. Right. They are a regulatory agency, meaning that they cannot institute any laws. Yeah, they can only enforce the laws. that, that depending they... on how this court case goes, a lot of the stuff that the ATF has ever put out there could basically be fucking out the window. Gone. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know a lot... Of, I, I think I think what I saw this morning was, like, a, a scare you video on YouTube trying to get clickbait. Like, oh, they've just passed this. This is what it means. Blah, blah, blah. I think, it, I think that's probably where I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not worried about this because they've been trying to do this shit forever, and usually it just doesn't happen because it's it's ludicrous. Like the mm-hmm. idea that well, any kind of modern semi-automatic anything right. is going to be illegal. It's like this is ludicrous. Like what are we talking about? Okay, here? but it's not it's not you that they need to convince. It's the fucking masses. The it's mass the retards. uneducated individuals who absorb information from their television and nutrients from their TV dinners. It's not people who have cognitive thinking abilities who understand that without the right to defend your if you can't defend your rights you don't have any yes period like and here, here's the thing is i know i know we've all talked about this specifically in the podcast before but i'll say it again for clarity it's like i don't care what laws they pass about magazine capacities mm-hmm. or bans or anything like that like okay i'm fine with all that kind of stuff do what you're going to do but it's got to be a level playing field so that means whatever you're going to say citizens can't do, that means law enforcement can't do, federal agents mm-hmm. can't do, your private security for your government people mm-hmm. or whatever, they can't do. Like, we all need to be on the same basis. Wow. You, you can't give special uh, uh, rights or privileges to, to them, but not to citizens. That's ludicrous. That's right. the Gestapo. Well, that's what that is. Nothing but citizens but themselves. The, yeah. Exactly. It's exa- they just have a different job. That's exactly my do. point. And they I've, work for a different employer. And I've had very liberal friends of mine say, oh, okay, well, you don't need a freaking weapon of war like an AR-15 to, to protect your family, but the law enforcement officers need it, or the CIA, or the FBI, or those guys need it because they're fighting criminals. Like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm fighting the same people they're fighting. I'm not trying to fight my fucking government. Right. Like, I'm not trying to, like, storm the Capitol and take over the world. Right. Granted, I'll, I, I do think that's about the only way to save our country. But we're not going to talk right. about that today. Right, right, <laughs> we'll right. talk about that some other day. I think because the only way to, in my opinion, personally, the only way to fix the problem that we're in is to, well, get rid of a lot of the politicians. The only way to do that is to have a dictatorship because they're not going to vote themselves out of power. Uh, they're all getting rich on that, and that's why they're there, because they're all corrupt. But nonetheless, so... <laughs> If we, if we go back to it, it's like, I'm still trying to fight the same crackhead who's trying to kick down my door at two in the morning. I'm fighting that same guy who doesn't give two shits about the law is going to be carrying unlawful weapons. Like, I might need more than six, you know, shots in my revolver or a, like, you know, with five or six rounds and a pump shotgun to take that guy down. Like, I might need that. You mean so, that same criminal that 
the law enforcement told you they're going to give him 30 minutes before they show up at your exactly. house. Exactly. Right. Exactly that guy. <laughs> or yeah. the guy that gets arrested and then out on bail or on no bail. or. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Again, like as long as the, the, the playing field is equal across the board, again, CIA, FBI, all those agents – like law enforcement, all, the, like all yeah. the all the alphabet soup, all those guys who operate inside the states, they should all be held to the same factor of us citizens. True. Key, that, key word right, key words right there that operate inside the states. Yes. Yeah, the guys that operate outside the states, absolutely, give them the best fucking shit in the world absolutely. that I don't even have access yeah, to. Light it up. Sure. Give them fucking the real guns. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But I'm just saying, anybody who operates inside the United States should have the same. Uh, restrictions as any citizen and that's why i love a lot of these companies who are like firearms manufacturers and stuff who won't sell to law enforcement agencies like things that civilians can't have in that same state state. yep i love seen body armor companies do that i saw a body armor company do that there was a state i think it was like 2018 or 19 there was a a state that banned the basically the private possession of and it's like ceramic or steel armor plating so like plate carriers and shit like that and so this company came out and said we're not going to ship it to any law enforcement companies there we're not sending any armor to that state yeah if if the civilians can't have it the cops can't have it exactly that's exactly how it should be and then also more importantly in my opinion is that the private security that, that protect all these politicians they should be the same way too is that way they can say hey shitheads i need this to protect you you better make this legal well Again, I don't again, want to get on my. I know, but I, again, that to my, in my opinion, is the way you fix things, which mm-hmm. is why it's not going to happen by voting people in or out. It's going to take a dictatorship. It is what it is because it's too far gone. I but, would not say a dictatorship. I think that. What I don't we, know. I think I'd be a pretty good dictator. I'm sure you could. <laughs> uh, I think that. Uh, you know, I bet every dictator in the world probably thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but except for I don't want the job. Right. It, yeah, and they all like, say they're, that. They're, they all said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want this. This is this is just who I am. I have to be this for my people. <laughs> Destiny. But uh, I, I I don't know. I think that uh, they ought to just uh, unlock the gate one day and let a bunch of civilians in and. If you're really a good politician and you're for the people, well, you'll probably still be sitting in your fucking chair when we leave. Like, if not, well, you might be on the fucking pike out in the front yard. I think a very easy way to fix it would be to, one, limit their pay scale. Absolutely. So the politician pay scale, for some reason, is about, uh, rough guess, I'd say five times higher than the military pay scale, the ones that are actually risking their lives every day. So reduce that politician pay scale down to an active duty enlisted military pay scale that, for one. That well, all a, they'll do is they'll invest $5 million in chips. There's but, a problem. And, well, then, and then they'll and then, vote on the bill that so is worth hundreds let me of continue. Let me continue. And then on top <laughs> of that, laws get put into place. The only monetary compensation that any politician is allowed to receive while in office is their government pay. Them and then their family members yes. are not allowed – you know, the, investing this, it's, into it's the insider any, trading, any kind of investment. It's the insider trading that is the that real problem. If you look at like Nancy Pelosi is a perfect oh example. Oh my of this. God. Yeah. I mean, it's just look, just look it up. Net worth before office, net worth after $42, office. $42,000 going it, into office. And it's, it's because her husband. Well, look at her husband's well, net a, worth. Appara- yes, yeah, same. Appara- it was- Hold on a second. Like, apparently her husband is a better investor than Warren Buffett. Somebody who does this for a living. That's his life 
Like, apparently, he's better than that. And, like, why is that? Oh, because he might have some information that Warren Buffett might not have. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, look into it. It's interesting. That now, needs to go away. I and, did hear that they forced him to sell that $5 million that he bought or invested in into that chip company. He was forced to sell that at a loss the other day but again, because of all this shit. But the real issue is the it. fact that she's been in politics for how long? Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as Jesus has been walking around, I'm pretty sure, because she's like, what, 900 years old or whatever it is? So it's like 907. Yeah, she, she looks old it, too. Old as Methuselah. Jesus, she looks it. But it's she like, took a driver's license on a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, until a term limits come in to stop a lot of right. that kind yeah, of shit. Who votes on term limits? That's, that's the problem. That's <laughs> why we need a dictator. That's right. No, it's like, no, when, no. when you guys can help me, I'll, I'll be the dick. Somebody gets to be tater. Let's do this thing. Tater. <laughs> Isn't she on Yellowstone? <laughs> tater. Oh, I, but, you uh, got any biscuits in there? <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so worried about the ban because, again, they're always threatening it, and it's always uh, out there, but it never seems to go anywhere. It never gets any traction because it's just ludicrous. I guess you have to believe in it to be affected by it. Right. Right. I mean, here's the thing. It's like if <laughs> if if they do pass that kind of stuff, all it's going to do. Why do you think I never got COVID? <laughs> yeah, right. I've had it three times, son. It's like all it's going to do is create a lot of people who were law-abiding citizens before. It's going to create a lot of criminals. I yeah. know that's what every law does. Well, yeah. so, but again, I mean, part of the issue is that we, as a as a country, not not as a whole, but as a citizenship, need to grow a little fucking backbone. We need to stand up for ourselves a little bit. We need to simply say, no, we don't want this. Because that's what this country was founded on. Yes. You want us to pay taxes? Fuck you. Well, here's the thing. You want to be king? Fuck you. I I had a lot of hopes that society and our fellow people would do that until about two years ago when the coronavirus pandemic hit. And I thought a lot of business owners and people would be like, hey, you know what? You know, you're right. We'll shut down for a couple of weeks. It's no problem. We got you. We're all in this together. No problem. But then when it kept going and going and going, and they kept taking more and more and more and shutting down all these businesses, I thought that people were going to be like, fuck you. I'm opening my business. I have the right to run a business to support myself and my family. The same as you do in office and doing what you're doing. Yeah, but the sad part is, is again, you have to consider the outcome of that because can you do that? Sure. Is that a good solution? In the short term, yes. But when you have, you know, because we obviously had no idea we were going to be shut down as long as we did, right? So, you know, the first two weeks, okay, we get that, Exactly. Right? Like, I think people are on board. Like, absolutely. We want to help. We'll do what we can. Okay, so two more weeks go by and you're like, wow, okay, yeah, I got to get back to work. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to feed my family, right? So you do, even though it's against what they're telling you. And then you do that for another month and then another month and then another month. And then all of a sudden, there are people knocking on your door telling you they're going to take everything you have, they're going to take everything you own, they're going to take every cent out of your fucking bank account, and all you got to do is lock the doors and go home. I'm not saying that everybody made the right choice. I think had there been much more people to stand up that's for that. The, that's the problem. I think if everyone would have like bound together and said, no, we're going to open, this is why we've but, got, a, we got a reasonable op- like op- opportunity to run our business. You can't tell me the fucking Taco Bell is essential. I love Taco Bell. It's like my cheat meal of choice. Yeah. I fucking love that place. I mean, all right, but maybe. But, but. <laughs> but, you're, but you're telling me like that's fucking essential. Kiss my ass. That's not fucking essential. Like selling rice no, and I, beans. Like that's fucking essential. I, I agree. But again, it, it's we have gone so far off kilter as far as being neighborly with each other that 
say, say, you know, Jeff and I in business, we're in business together, right? So that means that if Jeff House forecloses, mine's probably not far behind it. So we need to help each other out. But the guy who runs the Napa next door to us, he don't give a fuck about me and Jeff's house because he's got his own house to pay for. He's got his own family to feed. Make sure I get the rent. Yeah, he's got his family to pay for. And because we have gotten so far away from being neighborly with each other that that idea has went away. Yeah, because I remember like... Now, I guarantee you, had this COVID shit rolled around in the 50s, this would be a whole different story. I I know what my grandpa would have told them. People were a lot tougher back then. Mm -hmm. That's the point I'm fucking making is that we've lost so much of that. We've created such a rounded, edged, bubble-wrapped, censored world for ourselves that well, I, and it's I no can't... different than the fucking propaganda. I mean, look at look at all the mainstream media's. Oh, there's five what five six different cable networks. One side one side is always saying this. The other one's always saying this. Yeah, but honestly, but I who think who believes who. But I think more people are seeing the bullshit for what it is, which is why those are not getting hardly any views. But all these podcasts. Well, I hope they're starting other... to see it. I hope they're and I'm not not to be woke, but I, I hope people are waking up. But they and are saying. Here's my take. What is adversity? Like in, in your, in my opinion, adversity is anything uncomfortable, anything difficult that, you know, whether it triggers uh, stress release in my brain or it's just physically difficult to, to do this or, I, you know, it's a difficult conversation that I don't want to have, right? That's adversity, any of that stuff. We have lost our ability to cope with adversity. As human beings, hundred percent, we have, everything that we do is in an effort to simplify tasks, right? These difficult tasks, everything we invent, everything that we create, is in some way meant to simplify or make our life easier. And because of that, we have not been forced to deal with the kind of adversity that our ancestors were, even just fifty years ago, like our our grandparents, right? Again, because, different, different times. Right, well, yeah. But sure. also look at the generation that raised. But them, so too. now, when, when we do experience that adversity, though, most people are like, "What the hell?" They they freak out. They're not used to having to deal with that most adversity. Freak they out, want the instantaneous but I don't know if, I don't, fix. I don't know if I agree with that. That's that's because of our inventions or stuff. I think it's because of the way we're raising kids and then the school systems and everything else. Well, I think know. it's so all it's, part of a big. I mean, it's, so it's, it's your guys' fucking the fault then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody blames no. the kids. It's the fucking kids these days. No, no, no. Who, no. who fucking That's right. raised them? Wait, 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 wait. Calm yeah, down. Who calm down. raised them? That's right. You, you can't talk over everybody now. <laughs> but, calm down. It's like inventions are a good thing. There's nothing wrong sure, with inventions, yeah. but they can be taken too far. Like yes. anything else. Like like we talked about like before recording, like this, this cell phone right mm-hmm. here. This is a tool, and it can make my life a lot better, mm-hmm. or it can ruin me. Sure. Here's an example. That skyscraper in New York City, right? The elevator. That was a damn good invention for that building to make it 130 stories up, right? So you didn't have to take all day walking the stairs. Putting that same elevator in the three-story building that takes you two minutes to walk the steps, right? That's that's what I'm getting at. But, but of course, but again, it's, it's also there for a different purpose than what it's being used for. Because it was originally put in for people who can't. Take the stairs. It's, oh, put sure, in, yeah. it's put in for people with handicaps mm-hmm. who are unable to take the stairs. That's why it's there. But it's overutilized by people because they become lazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, well, that's, exactly. That, that's, that's the The invention problem. was good. Yes. But it has been utilized in a way that has made us lazy well, or less able to deal with that yeah. person. I mean, if we have handicap-only parking spots, why don't they just slap a handicap thing on the elevator door? If you're able-bodied, take the fucking stairs, fat ass. There Again, it's... 
<laughs> the, the, the intention and they don't want to offend anyone because they don't want to deal with the adversity of climbing that three stories of stairs. But right. but under, people don't understand the intention. They figure it's there just for everybody to use, but that's not the purpose. That's not that's not why it was put there in the first mm-hmm. place. And a lot of times, you just need to look back into understanding why things are there, what they're there for, and how it benefits you. It's like yeah, it might like if you got a whole bunch of crap, you're lo- loading in, you got bags and everything else, so you like, can't take the stairs or maybe take three trips because you're running to a meeting or whatever. Sure, great, hop in the elevator, it's easy, like, go up. But most of the time, you probably should be running up and down the stairs because if you don't, there's going to be problems later in life. Well, and that's so when we went to OTOA uh, last month, I was on the fifth floor. There are six floors of this building. I was on the fifth floor for like a hotel. Yeah. And I, before I even showed up, I made myself a promise because I actually thought about you <laughs> and I told myself that I would take the stairs as much as possible rather than the elevator. And then they told me I was on the fifth floor. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Here comes that dedication we all talk about. You but know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I use the goddamn elevator every time I can. I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm just as bad as everybody else. Of course. I'm not We're saying I'm human. better. We're all flawed. But I'm not. I'm also not going to sit here and lie to myself and be like, no, I'm good for doing that. No, I, I should be taking the stairs. I have, I, I have to be honest. I get like, that. <laughs> escalators drive me nuts because people get on them and they're lazy and they stand there. I still walk up and I do down too. escalators. Yeah. I, do so too. <laughs> I will wait at the bottom for someone to get like three quarters of the way up. And then start. So then I can start because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch them by the top. Right. Mm-hmm. Just by walking, I'm not mm-hmm. running. I'm not taking two stairs at a time. I'm just going at a normal pace. Yep. It's like, I'm going to catch you. It's like, Fucking move your ass. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, after the first, like, day, I carried all my shit up to my room. I was like, man, I shouldn't have made that promise. <laughs> so, But I did. For the majority of the, the, the whole week, I was up there. That's that's how I went up and down. I just went via the it's, stairs it's, instead it's of It's funny the you mentioned that. Like, the last time I was out in Chicago training with my coach's instructor, uh, Mark Vives, out at Newbury Training Center. We were getting, we were out there to get good looks for our people who were getting ready to go back to Chicago in like four or five weeks, uh, for the Chicago Open. It's like, it's like a big regional, uh, IBJJF tournament, right? And so, like, we were kind of, we we're going out there also to hang out with Mark and to see the guys and do all that kind of stuff and to make it a fun weekend for like half the team and stuff. But mostly it was to get our competitors looks for, for, uh, stuff, right? So we got put in this hotel and we're, you know, what? probably seven eight stories tall whatever it was and i was like on the second floor or whatever it was super easy like like a big open area for like the breakfast and all that kind of stuff so we were just kind of hanging out there a lot but people would literally like on that floor would take the damn elevator to go up one flight of stairs but there was an like a set of stairs right Right behind the elevators Mm -hmm. that go up to that big open area and like my room was like right there so it was like no brainer like i can see the stairs like pop down the stairs i'm down Mm -hmm. the front but they would like literally will go around Wait on the elevator. I'm sitting down there in the in the lobby on a chair, waiting for him because they're taking the damn elevator. Wait for it to get to him. And it's like, come on, you lazy shit. It's like I get mm-hmm. it. When you first get there, you got all your luggage, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. But like, you can use two flights of stairs or one flight of stairs or whatever it is. Like, it's not that bad. See, I'm sure that, I mean, even even me, you know, 98 percent of every choice that I make throughout my entire day on a day to day basis is picking just the easiest option. But th- there is that 2% where I, I consciously recognize that I do have a choice in the way that I perform this task that I'm about to do or whatever it may be. And I'll try to choose the more difficult option Yeah. to, f- to force myself to deal with a little bit of that adversity. Because adversity is the one and only thing that builds resiliency, I believe. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing of like you see people going to the gym. Like yeah. our lives have become so easy. 
that we have to like go out there and manufacture work. Right. We literally have to do that to stay in shape. Because like, I mean, what do I do like for work? I sit on my ass and I play on my computer and I'm like doing meetings and emails and whatever back and forth. It's like, this is how it goes. So like, if I want to be fit, I've literally got to manufacture work for myself. And Mm -hmm. so I can, you know, go to the gym and be healthy. I try to do that with, with everything, you know, with food. Oh man, I'm hungry. I'm in the middle of a task and I'm hungry. Do I stop and eat? No. I force myself to finish that task. And then I'll allow myself to eat. It's I hard. reward myself with food. To food is a reward to for me. To me, it's hilarious when people get hangry. It's <laughs> and like, I, I've gotten that way. I used to about? get that way really bad. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we talking about? Just wait. You can eat later. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense in my brain. Uh, you do it too. You just don't know it. When I had a lot more. <laughs> everybody gets hangry. Yeah. When I, when everybody gets hangry. When my <laughs> diet consisted of a lot more sugars. I would get hangry. Like oh, I would, you, get, I would you, literally you start craving. I would because like you were down from your shaky, spike and, you gotta, and I'd yeah. start getting mad. Yeah. I'd get super aggravated. Yeah, I'd be like, "Look, we've got to fucking eat now, or I'm killing everybody." I, mean, I, remember, <laughs> I remember years ago when I did a, a water fast. I did nothing but water, no tea, no coffee, Fuck no nothing. That. Just water. I did water for five days, and it gave me a whole new perspective on food. I'm like, "Oh, I'm not hungry. I'm bored." Yeah, I just want to like put something in my face. Yeah, yeah. I'm grazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was it was really interesting because like day one, no big deal. I do that all the time. Like I'll go to the gym on Saturday, and, like not eat till two or three in the in the afternoon when I come home, and it's like I had dinner the, the night before, like five or six. Like that's no big deal. It's almost a day. It's 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 easy. I do it all the time. It's no problem. First date, no problem. Second day sucked. Third day was fucking miserable. And then day, day now, were you fasting as well? Uh, yeah, water so, fast. That's all it was. Just, just water. Just water. So, But day four was like, okay, this is a little bit better. And then, and then day five, it was like, okay, I can do this. But then I had a problem reintroducing food. Yeah. My stomach did not like it. Mm-hmm. So I need to do shorter fast throughout the year because it's good for cancer stuff and like letting your body fight off uh, pathogens well, and all those kind of things but it was like it was but again it was really interesting because again day two and three were miserable yeah but four and five it got a lot easier yeah. because it's like my body was realizing oh, okay we don't have any food right now we're gonna shut down the digestion you're not pooping anymore which is strange because there's there's no fuel there's nothing to digest and it's a good reason for again your body to clean things out but it's like they say you don't really get the benefits of fasting until about that day three or day four like that's when you start to see the benefits because it's cleared all the stuff out of your system it's starting to repair itself and all that kind of stuff and it's it's a lot of there's a lot of interesting science behind it but again me reintroduce it probably took me about three three days to actually get back to eating real food because did my you, stomach was tore up. Did you consult with a doctor? No. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, see, I, would never, I would never recommend Why going more I than do that? you know 48 hours maximum <laughs> without working with but, a doctor. But, but who am I going to go talk to? There have been a lot of people who have tried doing stuff like that, and because they don't understand how they – you have to slowly reintroduce foods if yeah. you've gone more than 72 hours. Like A lot of people have ended up – that's been detrimental to their health yeah, because their they stomach. don't do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. My stepmom, she started doing 24 hour fasts. Like, um, basically she would do like an intermittent fast day where she only had an eight hour eating window. And at the end of that eight hours, then she went 24 hours before having anything. Okay. Um, and she did that because she had diabetes. 
Um, and I think within a month and a half or two months now, she's off of most of her diabetes medication. Yes. She's lost weight. She feels but way The thing better. is, food can fix a lot of that, but most people won't do yeah. it. So they go to the doctor. That's, that's the problem you say when you go see a doctor. It's like, who am I going to go see? My my family mm-hmm. doctor that's supposed to be taking care of me that's going to come in, look at my chart and say, okay, we'll do this and I'll see you in six months. I'm like, I'll see you in like three years because I don't need to come well, in yes, here unless you I'm should really, go really to Your sick. family doctor should be able to look at your chart and at least give you an, an idea of, well, hey, look, you've got this one issue. Yeah, but he, he Doing a fast for more than this time period could end up triggering something bad with that issue. But right? also, he understands nutrition from what was talked to him in medical school like 30 years ago, and things have progressed so yeah, much. Yeah, I don't mean it in, as far as uh, nutrition aspect. I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. It's the, the actual physical medical aspect of the fact that going that long without any nutrients could in in some people it can be extremely detrimental to their health okay well yeah. i mean for for me i've got plenty of fat but for i do know my like, body to use for store yeah they say fuel so <laughs> it takes like at least 12 to 14 hours i believe is is roughly what it takes for the body to switch and start switching into a ketogenic state it depends on what you're 14, eating right yeah that's what i say if, roughly if you're eating very ketogenic then yes but if yeah. not then it takes a lot longer and i think it's at roughly the 72-hour mark is where uh, fasting is where your immune system will actually start to tear itself down and regenerate itself with, with new, stronger, like, T-cell immunity and that kind of stuff. Yes. I do know that doing, like, a three- or four-day fast can be extremely beneficial to your immune system, if done correctly. If done correctly, but also yeah. you want to be as ketosis in in as in ketosis as much as possible going into it because then your body's already well, it makes turned it a lot over. easier. Yeah, yeah to, to use the fat on your body as yep. fuel instead of having to realize, oh shit, where are my carbs? You, you don't carbs? get that yeah. keto yeah. flu. Because then, then you're going to start burning muscle and all that kind yeah. of stuff, which can be problems. Yeah. Unless. All right, well, let's get off that topic. <laughs> a side tangent. There, there is something very important, probably the most important thing that I want to talk about today that had come up in the last couple of weeks for me, and maybe it's a couple of months, that I just don't understand it. Maybe you guys can explain it to me, being in the, in the world that you're in. Why do I see all these guys carrying purses? Carrying what? Purses. A man purse. A man purse. Like, I see dudes all the time now, and I've never seen it before in my life. Because there's a couple of companies that have put out really good marketing plans that make those like sling bags and stuff and it's all a lot well, of it i see is they're, they're they market them specifically as good concealed carry options well hold on so when you say merce all right are you talking about something that indiana jones carries like a satchel or are you talking about like the sling tactical like sling across bags the body shit sling that you're bag. seeing I, I think i think it encompasses all of that because mostly what i see are people who are on the far left you know, who aren't going to even think about carrying a firearm. They're carrying it for fashion because they got their skinny jeans on, so they can't stuff all the stuff in their pockets. They need a little place. So st- those aren't dudes. To- well, there's, there's that too. But- <laughs> uh, there's a lump in them pants. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they're going to stuff all their, their keys, their wallet, their tissues, their whatever they need yep. in there. Whatever. Like, whereas, whereas like for me, I've always had pockets. You just throw shit in your pockets. Right. Like I got tons of shit in my pockets. That's why I fucking have pockets. Okay. You know, like this is great. So there's, there's those guys, of course. Then there's also the shitheads who wear fanny packs. Because they think that they look cooler than the merch thrown over their shoulder. Because again, it's 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 not a satchel, it's not a bag like for a laptop or something you need for work. Or like me, I carry backpacks a lot with stuffs like thrown in there or whatever. Yeah. If you need a bag, whatever, I get it. You know, it's like okay, I understand. If you don't want to carry everything in your hands, like 
and you, your, your pockets aren't big enough for that kind of shit. I get it. But these are little things that, like, there's not anything useful in there besides keys, cell phone, wallet, that kind of stuff. It's like, you should have where, fucking pockets for that shit. Where have you been seeing that? All over. You see, you see it in town at the store. You, I see it at the gym. Like, guys coming with their fucking fanny packs on and all this so kind of shit. So they're coming back. <laughs> uh, for whatever fucking reason. Well, I don't, listen, I don't they're care. also bringing back the fucking mullet, too. Like, I don't get that. Like, no, I don't get it's that. It's a hideous hairstyle. It is a business in the front party in the rear, baby. <laughs> listen, I can't say Come much. On. You know, my favorite vehicle of all time is a Chevy El Camino. And the mullet, <laughs> the mullet is the El Camino of haircuts. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I, get, I guess I, I can't. Everybody fucks fine to somebody. So yeah. I don't have. <laughs> it's, it's a trend. Judge. It'll be gone in a yeah. year God, because it's, so. yo, my it's fucking got hideous. A killer mullet. I will say, for a few years. I will say, man, I do see some every now and then. I'm like, dude, you got some glorious hair, brother. <laughs> I'm like, that is fucking sick. Every time I see those, I take pictures. I send my friends like, can you be this fucktard? He could do such cool shit with his hair, and he's doing that. What the fuck? No, <laughs> granted, I'm bald, so I'm jealous because I still want a fucking mohawk, and I can't fucking have it. Uh, I'd grow so, a mullet if I could. I wouldn't grow mullets, <laughs> but I sure as shit have a mohawk, but I can't. I'm fucking a little jealous. I get it. But but specifically, though, it's like, again, for fashion, these dudes with their skinny jeans, whatever, I get it. They, they place for their, their, pur- this, their purse for their wallet and keys and whatever. I get it. But it's also transferred into firearms. And I see guys carrying pistols in their fanny packs or these tactical satchels that, first of all, we all fucking know what that is. That's a shoot me first bag. And it's like, I only see that as a problem. I can't see that as being good because how are you going to get to that in any kind of quick manner if your life was actually threatened? Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't say that we agree with them um, because obviously that's, again, a tertiary item that's housing the firearm. It's not on your person, which is our ultimate belief of where your gun should be when you're carrying. It's on your person. Um, but... Uh, I, I, I think part of it is, too, is because of the uptick in the amount of active threat situations that you're seeing. Because, so, in my mind, one of the biggest jokes I hear in the world is, this is my truck gun. I'm like, you're a fucking <laughs> moron. Okay. Um, that, to me, is a fallacy of an idea, having a truck gun. And I think this kind of plays into it because what you're seeing is guys carrying around things like pistol caliber carbines. And they're putting folders on them and they're folding the stocks in half and then they're sticking them in these backpacks and they're carrying them around with them. Or they're keeping it in their truck. Like, and I think that what's happened is because of the uptick in the amount of people or the publication of individuals who are going out and being active threat uh, people, um, the companies who make these packs and bags are romanticizing the fact that you could be the guy to save the day if only you could carry your AR with you so why don't you fucking buy a little short AR and fold it in half and stick it in our bag because it's perfect for it it's got all your concealed carry needs you can carry your med pack in here you can carry your AR-15 you can carry a handgun you can carry extra mags you know it's and if you were a cop or a federal agent and you, and you had a, duty, a place for it. And you there's had a duty a weapon on you and you needed to fight your way back to that or maybe show up to a school shooting or Correct. active shooter situation and then need something bigger. Sure, I get it. That makes sense. But for an actual person carrying, I think it's a horrible idea because yeah. in my opinion, if you can't draw your weapon seated in your car with the seatbelt on, you don't have a weapon on you. Mm-hmm. You got close by, you might be able to get to it, but in an actual life or death situation, 
you couldn't get to that thing fast enough. So yeah, that rifle that you keep hidden under your truck seat, you realize you have to get out of that fucking truck. Yeah. And expose yourself. My, my problem, <laughs> my problem with that whole idea is a simple fact that they're basically romanticizing the idea that if you're involved in a situation, you can run back to your vehicle, grab a weapon, and go back in. You can be the hero. Yeah, that's not it. Listen, right? That's not what you're there to fucking do. It, no, truck gun, right? Have I thought about it? Yes. Have I said that? Yes. Have I even considered building one to keep in the truck? Yeah. Would I do it? Yeah. Would I do it with the intention of stopping the guy in Walmart? No. Now, again, like, say, you know, local elementary school, you know, we hear over the news, our local elementary school is being shot up. I don't think any one of us down there at the store is going to sit by the radio and listen to what that fucking going on, news story is playing. We're going to be like, we're going to be looking at each other and be like, I'll grab the guns, you grab the mags, motherfucker, let's <laughs> right. go, like... You know, thank God most of the cops know us. Well, and that's what I mean. They're gonna, see, yeah, they're gonna see that white jeep oh, rolling shit, in. Oh shit! Here they come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let them through. Let them through. You know, but um, I guess the idea is that you can have that option with you or on you or whatever, as far as like the sling bags and shit go. Because um, again, I think one big thing that's really hit the nail on the head with that is that what was that British SAS dude who was in Kenya or something in that hotel or something started. This was a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember hearing anything about it. This guy just happened to be at this like shopping center in some country. And he was a active duty SAS dude who was off duty and had a whole plate carrier and a rifle and all this shit in the trunk of his car. And something happened and shit popped off and he ran to the car and got kitted up and like, I mean, literally put, what, what's the mask called? A baklava, or, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, is what it is, where it just shows the eyes, earmuffs, plate carrier, battle belt, pistol, rifle, fucking in he went and just started, you know, escorting people out, saving people's lives. I think when you see stuff like that, because that guy, I mean, he he is a credit to humankind for doing what he did. But they they fantasize stuff like that in the gun world. You know, yeah, like yeah, I've seen, it's, it's, it. yeah, that, you could seen, be this guy. I've seen pictures of that guy emphasized. I've seen, I've seen they've made stickers of him. Yeah. I've seen patches made. I've seen memes made about it. You know, where he's got these red glowing eyes. Where it's you no, know, he's like, you know, it's like you know, pro him. You know, which, but but either way, they're, you know, we all get that it's in jest for the most part. But ultimately, deep down inside of us, I think that that builds this idea that that could be us. And, and I think it creates a lot of LARPers. Correct. People mm-hmm. who are actually out there fantasizing, like, I want to be like I am in the, I was like, I play these, you know, video games and I'm cool in the video games. I want to be like that in real life. Yeah. But it's so like, if you don't most, have the training for it, like you're LARPing. And that's what I'm getting mm-hmm. at is most people don't have the training. I would not trust the average concealed carrier to run to their vehicle, grab a, truck a gun, AR-15, yeah, a rifle platform. whether pistol or rifle caliber and then charge back into Home Depot or Lowe's or Walmart or Joanne Fabrics or wherever you're at to, to effectively neutralize an active threat without causing collateral more damage. collateral yeah. damage. Dare I say, I don't trust most police officers to do that. Well, no, but that's, let alone your, so, your so, average so concealed again, carry person. When I hear guys talking about their truck guns and their sling bag guns and all this and that, or like, 
you know, I hear people say, well, I got me a fucking go bag in my, you know, my get home bag. I'm like, what all's in it? And they're like, I got stuff to make fire. I got stuff to hunt. I got fishing hooks and, and, you know, all this. And I got change of clothes. I got a tent. I got a hand, you know, I got all this shit. Where the and fuck I'm do like, you travel. <laughs> and I'm like, so you you mean to tell me that if your car breaks down in downtown Worcester and you need to walk home, that you're going to need all that shit? Right. <laughs> there I say, I've carried a lot of that kind of stuff for years because I've always worked a couple of hours away from home. And if things were to really pop off and I need to avoid bigger cities and I can't, say, run out of fuel or something really happens, I might need to huff it through, you know, three hours worth of driving, you know, like to home. It might take me a few days to get home. Sure. So, like there's been years that I've traveled. If like we that. get to that point, I'm going to shoot somebody in the face and steal their car. Yeah, there's always that possibility as well. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my get-home bag is in somebody else's trunk. <laughs> you, you, you remember Ed, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there was another Ed that used to come down, always kind of gimpy. I can't think of his last name for the life of me. He was talking about when all when Obama got elected that he started buying up gold like crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, I know a lot of people who did a lot and, of that kind of and, stuff. And then. Ed kept buying <laughs> ammo and other firearms and stuff like that. And the other Ed would say, you should have some gold. You got to buy some gold. And that goes... With you talking about it all the time, I'm just going to come over, shoot you, take your gold. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. then I got the best of both. Worlds. Yeah. Like, I used to always tell people, it's like, oh, do, do you invest in precious metals and this and that? Like, I do yeah. for sure. Brass Copper, brass, gunpowder, <laughs> primers. Like, I invest in a lot of that kind of stuff. Brass and lead, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess what happens is, is that people, it's so easy to do the cool guy high-speed, low-drag bullshit. You know, everybody wants to be dynamic. Everybody wants to be fast and, and you know, just... That. John Wick. Keep it fucking simple. Keep it simple, man. Like, it, if I really needed a get-home bag, you know what's in that get-home bag? Water. An extra pair of socks. Yeah, some good hiking boots, maybe. Maybe. A yeah. little bit of medical supplies. Band-Aids. Ba- yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, your, your, your bag should be about, what, probably 12 by 6, maybe like 3 inches You should deep, be able like, to fit yeah. it all in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Like, like it, a it gallon Ziploc bag It should bag be pretty most. small, yeah. Yeah. And if maybe you, maybe like, like a stuff sack. Those, those things are great. They're waterproof and everything else. You old know? boys used to do a handkerchief and a stick back in the day. Hell yeah. That worked for years. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we can do the same thing. Yeah, so but. it's like, I look at these guys with their tactical bags and everything else, and I know it's a fucking gun in there. I know uh-huh. this. And it's like, I get it. Like, you feel safer. Well, maybe you can carry like a full size pistol and you got your fucking gym shorts on. Like, I get it. Okay. But it's like, don't fool yourself into thinking you can draw that fast. If somebody would actually, like, so you're sitting at a red light, somebody would come up beside you, point yeah. a gun in your face, like, get off the fucking car. Like, you're not going to get to that bag and get your gun out like, like it would be if it was like in an independent, like a Penix carry holster you could snag right away. Like six, like or, seven, a, six or seven years ago, I had a, a lady that came through a concealed carry course. She was in Cleveland, got carjacked, and she said, My pistol was right there. But I got out of the car and let him have my car. And then she called me and said, Did I do the right thing? I said, You mm-hmm. called me, didn't you? You're alive. Yeah. You're here to tell the story. Can you replace the car? Not to mention, you cannot outdraw a drawn weapon. Action is faster than reaction. The hand is never faster than the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this boyo up. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys back on. We'll do this more frequently, I promise. <laughs> All we'll, fun. We'll, we'll make sure that we uh, get together sooner than the la- last time it's been. Yeah, it's been crazy. So That's, that's all right. I mean, it's life. It's, it's what happens. Yeah. But it's like I, I need to make it more of a priority of reaching out, scheduling with you guys. It's my fault. I'm going to do better. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're gonna, even, even if it's just like a no, couple no. of us, if it's not all, all four of us at a time, I get it. But we're, we're going to make it happen because I value the – the knowledge that you guys have and what you can bring to our listeners, but also I like hanging out with you guys and yeah, having a good fun. time too. This is always, always fun. a good time. Always like my face hurts from smiling. So right. this, is, this is great. <laughs> All right, uh, Dennis, do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Oh, don't shit, be a douchebag. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> common sense. God damn, common sense can go a long fucking way. Yeah, these a long days, way if you have it. <laughs> yeah, there's there there's some words to think on. That's for sure. Jeff, any closing thoughts? No, nope, just be educated. Be edumacated. Be edumacated. Love it, Ethan. Um. Yeah, treat treat people fairly. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be neighborly, I guess. And as always, stay safe. And if you can't, stay dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> always. Mm-hmm. I think for me right now, it's just be, be a value add. Like add to your community, add to your friends, add to your yeah. family. Like just. Life is short, you know, like let's, let's go out there and live it. Let's, let's be good stewards of our time, our energy, what we're doing. But again, let's be a value add. Let's not just want to take, 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 take. Let's try to give back and try to be the best that we can for others to see. And hopefully it'll inspire them to want to be better. And we can, you know, get back to the way things used to be where people actually used to be, you know, good people. Not just, not just douchebags. Back when. Yeah. Nonetheless. Well, boyos, always a pleasure. Uh, it's good having you on, and uh, we will do this again mm-hmm. soon. Okay. And Love you, bye. Yeah, we'll Love see you, you guys you, soon. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs>Right, well, that wraps up another great episode. It's always good to sit down with the boyos, and I think they had some really good advice for people. So, I really hope that if you're thinking about constitutional carry or carry in general, that you listen to kind of what they said and you want to get some more information and get some training. That is the best thing I can always tell people go get some good training. And those boyos at IOF do some great training. And if you're not local in the area, you want to fly them out they'll fly out if the criteria is met if there's enough people and it's kind of worth their time but also if not uh, reach out to them and they can probably point you in the right direction and they can uh, call out the shysters in the area probably and let you know where the good people are to go to to get training Uh, if you guys are still listening thank you so much for all of your support it really does mean the world to me the podcast is growing and it's awesome to see so please doing all the things that you're already probably doing talk about it with friends Share it on social media. Do all that kind of good stuff. And then also, wherever you are listening to this, please go out and leave the show a five-star review. That is the best thing we can do right now to help bump up the show in the rankings and help it get some more traction with new folks. Also now, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask of any of our regular guests, please feel free to reach out to us. You can go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form. You can also send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast at gmail.com. Those will land in my inbox and we will get to those on an upcoming episode. Well, this has been a blast, but it is all we have time for. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity. <laughs>